What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. My name's Elisa Cicino, and we are talking about this city called Augusta, Georgia, and the little quirks about it, the food, the drinks, the entertainment, the music. What really does make this town go round? Bodega Ultima, Bodega Ultima. It doesn't matter what you call it, what you want, because it's all good. The coffee is on and the atmosphere is happening. I had lunch there the other day and had a fabulous breakfast sandwich. First of all, it was on a croissant with an omelet, bacon, mozzarella, avocado, and tomatoes. It didn't stand a damn chance of sitting there more than five minutes with me. Located in Surrey Center on the bottom layer of the center, breakfast and lunch only 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Monday through Sunday. If you haven't been to Augusta's newest coffee shop, check it out. Bodega is bodacious. <laughs> if that wasn't a hint enough, this man has been providing music in Augusta for years. From pianos to radios to 21 sold-out shows at the Imperial Theater, raising over $1 million in the past 10 years for local charities. If anyone knows how to get a, a town to show up, this man is it. Mr. Ed Turner, everyone. Well, thank you, AJ. It's excellent that you've asked me to be on your show, and it's an honor. Thank you. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks for a little bit of a change of location here. Not a problem. <laughs> so, being a man of music, how old were you when you played your first piano? My mother and father forced me to take lessons from a very elderly lady who taught me songs that I did not know what they would sound like if I played them right or wrong. Therefore, I played them wrong just to <laughs> see if she would notice. She did, and after two years, I quit. <laughs> so it was forced, and you had no interest in it at all? No, I didn't. I, you know, the, the big idea for music for me was to attract girls. It certainly wasn't my looks. And the, playing the Star Spangled Banner didn't give me any winks in the fourth grade or the fifth grade. Oh, my. <laughs> so uh, was there an instrument that did catch your eye? The bagpipes. The bagpipes. I'm having bagpipes played at my funeral. Louie Louie. <laughs> oh, I like that. Very excited about that. And you learned the bagpipes. No, I just like the bad times. <laughs> but how did you catch the lady's attention? Um, well, I didn't pretty much. <laughs> I was a nerd. I am a nerd. And I really didn't. I, I guess it was more or less through humor than anything. But no, I was never a player or anything. The, the people that come to number nine shows and stuff, they didn't have anything to do with me. I wasn't in any of the cliques. I didn't drink. I didn't get high. I didn't do all of that stuff. And uh, therefore, I just wasn't cool. So when did you start enjoying the piano? Uh, um, when I started working every day. I'm, I started working at 13 at my mother and father's piano store. And I sold sheet music. Worked for 50 cents an hour. And I remembered my notes from that teacher, and I started playing Beatles songs that were easy versions of like Hey Jude and Let It Be and stuff. And uh, that turned me back on the piano, and I kind of taught myself how to play just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> and believe me, <laughs> I'm dangerous. So was this at Turner Keyboards that was no, this was at Turner Washington, Music. or was that down, down on 8th Street, well, I believe? Actually, it predates all of that. It was on Walton Way. Oh, wow. 
right next to Checkers, where Wendy's is. Okay. Afterwards, it was a funeral, crypt, burial place, <laughs> So, I, and the building's still there. I like it. I wonder if there are any ashes. I wanted to look. Oh, uh, you should. I might. So then it moved downtown to 8th Street area, where it was still Turner Music? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right across from Le Chat Noir, ironically, where... Number nine is sold out, I don't know, 40, 50 times there. That's amazing. Well, it's only 100 people, so it's not that big a deal, I don't think. But we we love playing at Lachat. But, yeah, and then it developed into to, to that business, which was Turner's Keyboards. Which is still going. Which is still going. I retired four years ago. I started at 13. I retired at 58. I'm 62 now. And kicking. And kicking. And uh, hopefully not kicking the bucket. <laughs> but I am kicking. So obviously music was a passion for you, um, and it led you to become a radio personnel. Was that during the RXR days? Uh, it actually predated that, too. I was, um, I was an athlete. I was a kicker. I was a quarterback. And when I was 19, we were just talking about that, uh, the radio stations, radio stations, there were two cool radio stations, WRDW and WAUG, and they would challenge each other to play football games. It was a big deal. It was when you just had two TV stations and two radio stations. So my station was the cool station. Why? (laughs) Because we played album cuts. WBBQ was not. Why? They just played singles like we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun (laughs) and other gut-wrenching songs. So we were cool. They weren't. And uh, they asked me if I would like to play some of my records on a Sunday night performance. They gave me three days notice. I did, and it turned into a 28-year gig. 28 years. And then why did you leave the radio? Well, it was like Groundhog Day after a while. It was like Groundhog Day after a while. It was like Groundhog Day (laughs) after a while. It kept happening over and over and over. It was the same old thing, you know. You know, I got you, babe. That was the song they played over. And over. Over and over. So, yeah, it was done. And I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be cool to do a radio show from stage? And that's when you decided that you were going to start the number nine band? Yeah, that's kind of a simplified version of it. It developed into that. Well, how did it form? Well, we got together with some some old radio fans of mine called, said, hey, we're doing Dark Side of the Moon. At, the, at a place called The Mission, which is now Sky City. Yes. And they had this album series thing going on about 10 years ago where people would come and, do, and perform an album all the way through. Well, I was raised on the Beatles. And uh, so um, we started doing every Beatles album with this group of guys that used to listen to my radio show. They turned out to be real good. And uh, so we did every Beatles album from Rubber Soul all the way through Abbey Road and Let It Be. And as each show got more and more successful, we started playing at the Imperial in 07. And I thought, oh, about 200 people will come. This will be cool. It'll be more than the Smithereens had. And we sold out the place. Wow. And it was a shock to me. And now we've sold it out, I don't know, 19, 20, 21 times, something That's like that. That's crazy. And were you always called the number nine band? Always just number nine, actually. The number nine. And so for seven years, you did Beatles albums cover to cover. Yeah, and and the whole idea, my name was on there simply because I wrote for the Metro Spirit and later for the Chronicle, and I'd been on radio, so I had a name, so to speak, you know, 
thankfully it wasn't Irving Snodgrass or something. Cause <laughs> thank that, God. That doesn't flow off the tongue. No, thankfully, Ed Turner goes just It flows. Nice. So there had to have been a big challenge doing those albums from over to over, maybe not so much for you, but for the band overall. Um, oh, for all of us, it was ridiculous trying to figure out the White Album all the way through. Oh, my gosh. Two, two records. It was a, back in the days of vinyl children. I mean, you know, two <laughs> records set and learning all these, have you seen the little piggies and stuff like that. It was very, very difficult. Fortunately, I knew Rob Foster and Laura Tomlin, who were, you know, classical jazz musicians, and they were able to do our string and horn arrangements, and they've been in the band since 07. Wow. And what was your favorite album that y'all did of the Beatles? Wow. Sergeant Pepper, we've done it, we've done it three times simply because it changed so many things. Love Pepper, love doing Abbey Road, love doing the White Album because the task was so daunting which made the outcome even better. Oh, without a doubt. That's the harder it is. The whole idea is satisfaction. You want to look, you want to finish, and you want to have the pride of saying, we know there are musicians out there, and we know that if we mess up, they're going to know about it, so we're going to try not to mess up. <laughs> so I rehearsed every version of number nine over and over and over. A lot of them, did, a lot of the old members didn't want to do that. They didn't want to rehearse three nights a week well if I was going to do it I was so that's why my string and horn players are the only people that are the original members and left. that's where I was getting to so it's you and the strings that are the only original members strings and horns that's How it all the other ones left or were um like they're no longer with us <laughs> you know and yes. uh which is why on the Facebook page for Ed Turner Rock and Soul Review number nine, it says Ed Turner Benevolent Dictator. <laughs> does it really? <laughs> I did that. Oh uh, I do that and I play keys and I sing. And what was it like trying to get new members apart uh, to agree to these three night day after day practices and grueling times and it kind of, it all came together as all good things do. It all just happened. It couldn't have been planned. I'm blessed beyond words to play with these musicians, all of whom are much much better than I am. I'm a I'm a really good promoter. I'm a good I'm a good. I get out and I the name helps do all of that and you know and I do play. But like in the current band, I'm nowhere close to the to the musical abilities that uh, that they have so you went from uh the beatles covers to now what you are called the rock and soul review mm -hmm. what was your inspiration for going that direction no one else was doing it one of the great i think business models you can do is what can you do like you're doing with your podcast the for, for, for local music which is just fabulous and and local places um Thank what can you. you do that the other guy doesn't do? The other person doesn't do. And nobody was doing classic rock right with a horn and string section. And that's important to be doing it right. If it, you, there's, there's right and there's wrong. And to me, wrong is spelled R-O-N-G because that's the wrong way to spell wrong. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I like that. I might have to use that. Um, and so that's been going on for two, three years? Uh, actually, it's gone on since 2011. 2011. Yeah. So what are we looking at? I'm horrible. My four no, years. No, it was longer than that, but that's close. Okay. I took general math, by the way. 
I took regular math myself. That was one it. and two. <laughs> <laughs> so last weekend, the number nine band played at the with the Augusta Symphony at the Bell. This was your first time headlining, second time playing. Yes. And you sold two thousand seats, right? Yeah, Isaiah, something like that. Is that insane. not crazy? I, I what was that like? Absolutely indescribable. AJ, when you walk out on the bell stage, a spotlight hits you. Well, that had only happened one other time, and that was when I announced the show at the Frank Sinatra thing that the symphony was doing as part of their Pops series. And when this light hits you, you are blinder <laughs> than Ray Charles. <laughs> Is that possible? Well, he's he's well, he's dead and he's blind and he was blind and even when he was alive he was blind. So, but the spotlight hits you and the spotlight hits you and you go, please God, don't let me trip. Oh God. And I didn't. Thank God. I did not. I think people were, and plus I have a bad back, so I just tried to stride out. Just, but it was it was it was. It's kind of like the basketball scene in Hoosiers. All basketball courts have the same dimensions. Mm -hmm. Every stage is pretty much the same. Some crowds are larger, some are smaller. And so you have to keep reminding yourself that. Otherwise, you'll be so frightened you can't play. And one of the reasons I wasn't a musician until I was in my early 50s is I had immense, intense stage fright. Wow. I never would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. Why would that? I wasn't on stage. So 2,000 people, is that the most that you've ever done? Well, at an indoor setting, at Lady Antebellum, we headlined uh, earlier in 2015. That was last year, wasn't it? And uh, I don't know how many we had there, maybe 2,500. But inside, to hear 2,000 people just screaming and yelling. And the best part was seeing Ryan get his due, Ryan Abel, our incredible lead singer, Phil getting his due, he, he was able to do turn the page. He was able to light a cigarette, which is against the Bell Auditorium law. But because we had artistic license, <laughs> we could do it. You should have seen the maestro's face. Oh, I'm sure. You know, and uh, as the smoke was wafting throughout the theater, you know, one of those things. It was. It was, it was just so neat to see them. Michael Bay to me, they play in these small places, sometimes for you know, 50, 100 people, and to see them play in front of 2,000 people, it's a very parental thing. Yeah. It's like they're my musical children. Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, they are. I no, mean, yeah. They're cool. They're, they're, they're young enough to be, to be my, my children. And they so. are talented. Oh, outrageous. Uh, sometimes when we, uh, when we were rehearsing, Dwayne Wilson, my bass player, or Michael. He's also very talented. Oh, goodness. He'll, he'll play a lick or something, and I'll mess up. I'll mess up simply because I get distracted by, <laughs> by some do 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 I go, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> so what was the most challenging task about forming this show this past weekend? Getting the symphony on the same language as the band. They deal with measures. We deal with feel. They deal with the written music. We deal with feel. 
was feel. And that could be totally different when someone's jamming behind a symphony. Without a doubt. And guess what? You don't jam behind the symphony. You have this particular moment of, hey, you can do a solo for 24 measures. Wow. And then you've got to stop. So your band had to learn measures as well. We Well, we... It, we didn't have to learn it. We already knew it. The <laughs> symphony, the symphony had to. It was a combination gotcha. of the two. But overall, a fantastic success. Yeah, because it raised money for kids. We like kids. We like pets. We raise our money for for that. And for years, I've said I like children, especially other people's children that I don't have Amen. to deal with. You know, I can. <laughs> Check them out, check them back in, and so forth. And we like dogs. It's grown-ups I have trouble with. <laughs> so we raise money for kids. We raise money for dogs and cats. And this money from the Bell Auditorium with the symphony and number nine, the money is going for their education outreach program. Wow, that's great. So these kids who are in the urban areas, the, the, the poorest, most disadvantaged areas, in the CSRA, the symphony, this money allows the symphony to go out there, let them hold the violin, let them hold the flute, you know, show them what a piccolo looks like, you know, that sort of thing. And you never know. Look at Wycliffe Gordon. I mean, his, his, his he had a relative that had a jazz collection. Wycliffe started playing his, I think it was his uncle's record collection. Otherwise, Wycliffe Gordon might not have ever been discovered or, because he wouldn't have been exposed to that kind of music. That's unreal. And so what exactly charities, local ones at that, are you working with? I know the Humane Society. What was the children's one? Well, we, we, have, we have several different ones. different ones that we do. The one that I'm most proud of is called Child Enrichment and it deals with abused children here in our area. They're located off Walden Drive. It's run by Dan Hillman. They make the biggest difference in working with children that don't have moms or don't have dads or maybe just have a mom. And so after school, they have all these programs and all these cool things for them to do. I mean, the whole idea is both of us know that you get in trouble when <laughs> you're when you're bored. Yes. We try to keep these kids from getting bored. If you could see the smile on his face right now talking about this. Oh, I love it. It's it, it makes you feel worthwhile. We must live. We must leave this world in a better place that we found it, that we found it. And that's the number 9 goal. I love it. I love it. I love it. So as a huge music fan, I'm looking around and there is so much music paraphernalia around here. It's yes. unreal. If you have a color set, it's just gorgeous. Oh, the black really and white, is. it loses it. So you've been to lots of concerts. I know just talking to you, I can see it. Um, your favorite concert that you went to that was not a known commodity. Tell me about it. That's a great, great, great question. Um, the first time I saw Sharon Jones, she wasn't a known quantity, and that blew me away beyond words. Where were you at? Uh, that was at the Imperial Theater. It was part of Westaboo X number of years ago. Um, and later she played with number nine, and we've become good friends to this day. And y'all played the bell together as well. And we played the bell together last February. She was gracious enough to let us off open for her and the dap kings yeah 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 they're just they're <laughs> just great 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 people and there was 
Oh, I wish I could think of the name of the band. There was a band that played at the um, at Sky City um, about a year and a half ago. Take a deep breath. It will come to you. Oh, the deep breath's not going to work, I don't think, in this case. <laughs> Too many dead brain cells. Uh. <laughs> Did I tell you about my time in Vietnam? <laughs> if You can share it if you'd like. Well, I didn't. I didn't go there. <laughs> I didn't think so. so. I, I didn't. So... <laughs> so um, your most prized musical possession. What shall it be? I'm not into materialism. I drive a 1998 Toyota Camry. Um, my most prized musical. It doesn't have, it could be a record. Could be. <sighs> well, it's probably an album the Beatles did called Younger Than Yesterday. Uh, no, excuse me, Yesterday and Today was the name of it. And it had a cover on it where the Beatles were covered with raw meat and yeah. butchers' smocks. It was out for one day. Capitol Records recalled it and then pasted another rather sedate cover over the top. So I've got like three or four of those to, that are in different states. Wow. And uh, those are cool just to show people. But other than that, I'd rather give something away than just have it. It's it's not about hoarding. It's about sharing. That kind heart there. Well, I mean, that it makes me feel good. It has nothing to do, you know, it, it's, it's not look what I gave away or anything. No, it makes me feel good. I love turning people on to music or to art or to, you know, something that they don't know. And I like sharing. So besides the Beatles and besides Sharon Jones, uh, what is one of your favorite things to listen to? I love vintage rhythm and blues. Yeah. I love finding old, obscure James Brown, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye. I, I love those. I love the British invasion of the bands that came over with the Beatles. It's interesting. All these bands, like the, the Animals, who had House of the Rising Sun, and the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds, who had For Your Love and Heart Full of Soul, and I'm a Man. The, they had Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Jeff Beck as guitarists at one time or another. I learned about American black artists as a fourth and fifth grader from all of these bands from England. In other words, the, the writer of the song might be from Mississippi, but I would hear it from an English band. So it was a rather circuitous route. I could, yeah. Isn't that bizarre? That is. It's pretty neat, though. Yeah, you know, on a Rolling Stones album, the first four albums, they didn't write but one or two songs. So they did Hal and Wolf songs. They did Bo Diddley songs. They did Buddy Holly songs. So that's how I learned about those people. And I went, I'm going to go buy me a Buddy Holly record. You know, the Stones did not fade away. That's pretty cool. That's rad. <laughs> That's rad. Um, any personal opinion about today's music on the radio, today's top hits, uh, the pop, the whatever's popular at this moment? Do you have any sorts of feelings towards that? The problem of being 62 years old is I've just about heard it all. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of like being a chef. You know, uh, 50 years from now, they're still going to be using and cooking chicken. And so what can we do with chicken to make it different? And so with music, it's, it's, it's the same way. I want to hear something new. Unfortunately, for me to hear something new, I have to hear something old to hear something that I've really never been exposed. 
the music business now is like it was before the Beatles. It's very singles oriented. People download a song mm-hmm. rather than buying the whole album, or unless they're a Taylor Swift or an Adele fan or whatever. And all that's cool. And whatever people like with music, I mean, why should I castigate or make fun of somebody who likes liver? I don't like liver, you know. Why should so if someone likes you know EDM or electronic or or or, or rap hip hop whatever it is, just because I don't I don't like it doesn't mean it's not a viable form. Whatever you like is cool, you know. The whole idea. I like to spread joy, and I think great music spreads joy. No matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If you like it, that's good. That's all that matters. That's fantastic. So tell me, what is next for Ed Turner and the number nine band? Well, let's see here. We're going to go, uh, have I mentioned the European tour? <laughs> tell me about You're it. Good. We, we're not going to Europe. Uh, there is no tour. No, we, um, we'll probably play Le Chat a couple of times in March and give that money to uh, give a chunk of that money to uh, one of the the uh, dog rescue mm. f- companies that are the nonprofits. Oh, yeah, Lord. We'll do that. We're playing in Waynesboro for the good people of Burke County April the 30th. What is that for? And uh, they've just got a little art scene down there in Burke County, and they're trying to get it going, and they we have a lot of number nine fans down in Burke County. They came up and asked me if I wanted to do it, and I asked the guys, and they said, sure. So, I love uh, it. And then usually, and plus, well, I don't, I'd like to work with some other symphonies. I'd like to, to try to hook up. We've got the arrangements now. It was a wonderful experience. It made... It did very well for Symphony Orchestra Augusta, which we wanted it to. Yes, growing. So why not do it in Columbia? Why not do it in Memphis? Why not do it wherever? Yes, number nine would like to play with more symphonies. So if you have a symphony or know someone who does, tell them to call Ed Turner, 1-800-999-9999. No collect calls, please. <laughs> Well, Ed Turner, I am so happy to be having you on my podcast. I have probably been bugging you for the past two weeks. So thank you so much. You can bug me anytime. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for listening here. Stay tuned for the Vicky Grady Band as you hear Rose Hips coming up. Thank you for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Round. My name's Elisa, and today I have some delicious eats, a wonderful guest, and a tune for your ears. Podcast number six. Your lips are like rose hips, your eyes are like the sky. Your voice is like a breath of spring, your smile is like I'd have never all believed And oh, 
Thanks again for tuning in to What Makes This Town Go Around. My name's Elisa, and tune in next week. Thank you very much.